Hey there, cadets, Jeff Heimbuck here. Now that we're only 20 episodes away from the end of the show, I wanted to give you guys a little treat in case you never heard it before. Way back in episode 104, the season 2 finale, we revealed Communicore Weekly, The Musical. It was an origin story set in an alternate timeline of how we were brought together to face off against Michael Eisner in the darkest timeline. And it was also presented as an audio drama of sorts, but had brand new original songs from the Communicore Weekly Orchestra, and it was a lot of fun. In a lot of ways, it was kind of a catalyst for me doing Return Home Now, my new audio drama. But in any event, it's now been almost three years since its release, and we wanted to share it with all of you who didn't hear it the first time around. Of course, you can still buy it on uh, iTunes and Amazon and so on, but as a sort of going-away gift, we wanted to give it to our loyal cadets now, right here on our podcast feed. So, without any further ado, I present to you Communicore Weekly, The Musical. Broadcasting live from the Tom Stagg Space Station in the heart of Alpha Centauri, it's Theater on the Move. Hello there, and welcome back to another edition of Theater on the Move with Audie Cassell. I'm Audie Cassell. In today's show, we're going to be chatting with two phenomenal actors who have taken on the roles that most actors can only dream of. Ever since its debut many years ago, Communicore Weekly, the musical, has been getting rave reviews. The true story of how Jeff and George saved Disney, and in turn the world, has riveted audiences for many years. It has been performed countless times across the universe, from Space Broadway to local community and children's theatres. Now, to celebrate the 200th anniversary of this long-celebrated story, the Royal Raven Simone Production Company will be performing the show, putting on, as they say, the most lavish and wonderful production that has ever taken place in the show's 200-year history. Today on Theatre on the Move, we're lucky to have Rickson Ashley and Norman Sklar, who are taking on the pivotal roles of Jeff and George, respectively, in the Walt Disney Moonbase revival of the show, opening this Friday evening at the Lindsay Lohan Theatre. Gentlemen, it's an honour and privilege to have you here. Thank you, Audie. It's a pleasure for us to be here. Yeah, we're very excited to be able to talk to you about this wonderful production that we are lucky to be a part of. Now, for our listeners, we have a real treat. In addition to the Royal Raven Simone production of the show, a new film adaptation is also being filmed coincidingly. Rickson and Norman are also starring in the film due out next year and will be sharing parts of the soundtrack with us throughout the course of today's show. Yes, that's right, Audie. This is the first time we've been able to play any of these tracks publicly, so we're really excited to be able to share some of them with you and your listeners today. You know, I think it's worth mentioning that we were given permission to use the original master recordings from 2015. Uh, They've been stored in a xenon stasis chamber on Planet 5. We use them as the basis for our new recordings, so what you're going to be hearing is a mix of us and a bit of the original music from the Communicore Weekly Orchestra of yesteryear. It's really quite unique. Wonderful. I'm sure that I, along with our listeners, will love them. I can't wait to hear them. You're also showcasing some new technology with this show, aren't you? Yes, we are. 
In order to more fully inhabit our roles of Jeff and George, we managed to create brand new voice modulation Sinochips. Now usually, people use these to alter their voices just slightly, but because of the massive catalog of Communicore Weekly episodes, we were able to use this technology to be able to change our voices completely. That's right, and uh, we actually had a team of technologists go through millions, I mean, literally millions of hours of recordings of Jeff and George. Uh, we were able to completely replicate their voices for the production. So when you see the show, you're actually going to be hearing the voices of Jeff and George coming out of our mouths. That is quite astounding. It absolutely is. And we actually brought the chips with us today. If you give us just a moment to put them into our neck ports. Of course, of course. Uh, hang on, just... Okay, there it is. All right. Testing. Testing. Half Day Park. Okay, and here we go. Perfect. How do we sound? You are now hearing the voices of Jeff and George coming out of our mouths. Isn't technology amazing? I'm constantly amazed with everything we can come up with these days. If I close my eyes, it's like I'm actually speaking to them. It's amazing. Would you mind leaving them in for the rest of the show? Not at all. It'd be a pleasure. So, let's jump right into the discussion and talk a bit about the show itself. In case there are any listeners out there who don't know, which I would find hard to believe, let's talk a bit about the story itself. It's an origin tale of sorts, uh, you know, of Jeff and George, and how they came together to form a mighty alliance. We all know the story of the alternate timeline and how life used to be. Well, let's delve into that a little. Elaborate on that some more again, for some of the listeners who have been living under a moon rock all these years. Well, without trying to get all timey-wimey, there was once a future that Jeff and George did not meet to form the greatest online show. And in this future, Michael Eisner, former CEO of the Walt Disney Company, had come back to power and taken control of Disney, and in turn, the world, and soon the entire galaxy. Uh, using patented audio-animatronic technology, he was able to live practically forever to rule over his empire. Realizing what a terrible dystopian future was, the five-legged goat jumped into his time machine and he headed back in time to find someone to help prevent all of that from actually happening. Now, ancient prophecies foretold of a duo that lived many, many years before who would be able to put a stop to any of that actually happening. And without that special alliance, no one was powerful enough to stop Eisner. So the five-legged goat journeyed way back to 1966 to set Jeff and George on the path to forming this alliance and helping to save the future. Sometimes it's hard to believe that all of this took place, but it's true. We have documented evidence and artifacts from that alternate future in the Galaxy Archives. Yes, of course. It's well documented in the history books. It's the greatest story ever told from the greatest online show. You know, I think I speak for Rickson and myself when I say that we are both extremely excited to be a part of this show. I don't think there are two actors better suited for the roles than the two of you. So, walk us through the tale. Tell us how it all begins. Well, as you know, the story opens with a geek chorus of sorts, and they really uh, set the tone for the rest of the show. They kind of act as the guiding light, helping to move the epic story along and really prepare Jeff and George for what's yet to come. Our first clip from the soundtrack is actually this iconic opening number. Wonderful, wonderful. Let's take a listen. This 
This is the story of Jeff and George and how they saved us all from a future without Disney World when evil came to call. Jeff and George and five-legged goat building a safety net of hope around the world. When Isaac revealed his evil plan, Jeff and George and five-legged goat crossed the bed. That was truly inspirational. And yes, indeed, sorry squirrels. Those infernal creatures have long since been extinct, but that was the small price we had to pay to be released from tyranny. There have been some scientific groups who have claimed to have found squirrel DNA and are trying to revive the species. Personally, I think they're nuts. Now's as good a time as any to take a commercial break. But don't go anywhere, listeners. We'll be right back with more from Ricks and Ashley and Norman Sklar and Communical Weekly, The Musical. Tired of the same old, same old when it comes to exploring theme parks? Leonard Kinsey V has just published the 742nd revised edition of The Dark Side of Disney. This updated edition adds the changes that Disney just implemented at the Animal Kingdom planet, such as how to avoid the parking fees by landing on the moon of Animal Kingdom planet and falling to the surface. All this and more in the dark side of Disney, the 742nd edition, on sale now. Welcome back, listeners, to Theatre on the Move with Audie Cassell. I'm Audie Cassell. If you're just joining us, you missed out on hearing a wonderful new version of a song from Communicore Weekly, the musical. I can't get over how fantastic the soundtrack sounds. Between the production and the film, gentlemen, what makes this production of Communicore Weekly, the musical, differ from the countless others performed throughout the years? Well, you know, I think the most wonderful production to ever take place was the original, actually, you know, done way back in 2015, just after all these amazing events occurred. I I don't think anyone will ever really beat that one. But you're right. Over the years, the show has been done countless times. I remember seeing it as a young child and just falling in love with it. But what sets this one apart, I believe, is the scale that we are doing it on. Yes, yes. To help celebrate this 200th anniversary, we're putting on the biggest, most lavish version ever produced. You know, it's always been a wonderful show, no matter where it's been performed, but we have the blessing of money. Lots and lots of money. Literally, Audie, we have four Class 1 space cruisers filled with crystallium yen. You heard correctly. We are flush with yen! The producers of the Royal Raven Simone are quite literally making it rain. They are throwing everything into this to make it the most lavish production ever attempted. Well, if that song was any indicator, it certainly seems this is going to be one of the best sounding versions yet. 
Now, though we have not really spoke of him in depth yet, throughout their history, Jeff and George have always been known to have that wonderful figure at their side, that of the five-legged goat. We know he is pivotal to the story and to the history of the show. For this anniversary production, we know you have cast one of the universe's most well-respected actors to take on the role. Yes, yes, he is played wonderfully by Sir Felix Contras, who is a wonderful, wonderful actor. Yes, we can't say anything more positive about Sir Felix. He brings a certain weight and, and gravitas to the role that we just haven't experienced up until now. And, and having an actor of his caliber take on such a crucial role is just unbelievable. In a way, he really is the deus ex machina of the piece, really providing Jeff and George with the kick in the bum, if you pardon my language, which they really need to help overcome their problems. Now, his introduction into the show is just on par with some of the greatest moments of theater history, like when the Phantom is introduced in Phantom of the Opera, or when Spider-Man fights the Green Goblin and Spider-Man turn off the dark. Sir Felix wasn't able to be here with us tonight, but I was able to catch up with him earlier this week. And he had this to say about the role. I play the five-legged goat. I'm an animal. Thank you, Felix, for those wonderful words of inspiration behind your role. It should be noted that Sir Felix undergoes extensive transmogrification for the role before each performance. I mean, it takes almost 30 seconds to complete the whole transformation. That's one of the things that separates him from other actors. In, in this day and age of instant transmogrification, most actors lack the patience to spend the 30 seconds needed to godify themselves. So tell us a little bit about this scene. Well, as you know, scientists in that alternate future were working on genetically altered animals for one reason or another. Now, the goat, through these genetic alterations, he grew an extra leg, hence his name. Yes, but even more amazing is the fact that along with that leg, he also gained telekinesis which is really quite rare in animals these days. Things just aren't like they used to be. So this scene takes place in that far-flung future of the alternate timeline, where the goat gains awareness and first begins to speak with those who somehow granted him these amazing powers. And that extra leg. Let's take a listen. to you, but you can't expect for me to keep on chewing this shoe. I got a gift to share, take it literally, when I tell you we can save the world and rewrite history. I bet you think you're crazy, but you're not, you see, I communicate telekinetically. He communicates telekinetically. To give you my ideas, telekinesis is my thesis to combine the different pieces of our genius. Collective thoughts and minds, girl, space and time. Man, you're freaking out, but you're really not crazy. Hear the five legged go. I've got some friends along and they'd like to talk to you. To me, 
We're communicating From now on we will live peacefully No more eating animals for me Let's all work together and change history They run off to the lab and build a time machine That song is a classic and really shows the progression of how Jeff and George paid tribute to him by evolving it into the song used in the original weekly show. Moving the story along, how did Jeff and George become imbued with the power to commune with the five-legged goat? Well, as mentioned earlier, the five-legged goat went through time and space to make sure the paths of Jeff and George actually crossed. Now, the goat, he knew through his research of the sacred texts and the ancient prophecies that with their power combined, the two of them can summon the galaxy's greatest champions, themselves. But how does one make sure these two meet? By going back to the one who began it all, of course, and making sure that their love of all things Disney was mutual since birth. He actually created the world's first pair of independently born, identical twins without even knowing it. Which, I believe, leads us right into our next song, where we learn just how that happened. What was the greatest man alive? By 1966, an illness had made him very, very sick. And he got down on his knees, oh, and he prayed for the future. Back against the wall I found 
now that I was a fighter Cause I grew up wearing mouse ears They helped me through some hard years My head keeps getting bigger But the same pair always fits And by the time I was in high school Wearing mouse ears wasn't so cool At that age you find your place And sometimes the tears were streaming down my face But the ears helped me let someone in I found my identical twin The winds of change they started to blow And we fired up an online show I'm always wearing mouse ears It got me through some hard years My head keeps getting bigger but the same way Simply wonderful to think that Walt's cryogenically frozen body was used to help to create that dynamic duo of Jeff and George is unbelievable. Now, Mary Blair, the fantastic artist, she paid tribute to the five-legged goat steed by painting him into the mural located at the Contemporary Resort in Walt Disney World, back on Earth One. That song is just as powerful and emotional today as it was all those years ago. Speaking of which, why do you think audiences still respond to it in the same way as they did 200 years ago? Now, with that question, are, are you referring to Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show, or Communicore Weekly, the musical? For the sake of being thorough, I'd love to hear your thoughts on both. Well, for the musical, it was a defining event in human history. It catapulted a lot of the things we take for granted today, so it is important to us as human beings. We would not be here today if it was not for Jeff and George and the heroic acts that they did. Exactly. We owe them everything. Now, as to the original show, the greatest online show, still reigning champion of that title for 200 years, now, I do believe it's because it's just as timeless. They created something wonderful out of their mutual love for Disney, and they also amassed a legion of loyal followers that they called the Cadets, who followed them through thick and thin. It was really those nine-star reviews that kept them at the top. Now, the former Apple Yoda company officially retired the nine-star review after the show ended back in 2064. Let's touch on the cadets for a moment. Never has the world seen such a loyal group of fans. They have been there since day one, when they started out with literally dozens of them. Dozens of them! And from there, their numbers swelled, and now the numbers are somewhere in the trillions, reaching all ends of the galaxy. That's something that says something about their work. People love them. I count myself among their ranks as well. I actually just recently bought an original cadet membership card and pin on eBay. <laughs> it cost me a pretty penny, but it was worth it. You know, it wasn't just fans who were cadets. After their epic battle, there was quite a few original Imagineers, the folks who helped build Disneyland, who joined their ranks. Actually, we have clips of two original Disney legends from way back in 2015 talking about Jeff and George after they helped save the day. First up, we have Rolly Crump, who Jeff befriended in the early days of the show. 
I'm so thankful that Jeff and George saved the world. You know, that the interesting thing about it is, it's kind of a cute story. Sit down and let me tell you all about it. That was actually a clip from More Cute Stories, Volume 26, How Jeff and George Saved the World, which is still available for direct mind download on Amazon. We also have a quick clip from Bob Gurr, whom, as we know, Jeff and George shared many of his famed Gertinis with. Oh, sure, I've been bobbing along with the boys and the goat many times. Great bunch of fellows, but it's really hard to get the goat hair out of the hot tub, though. It's so wonderful to hear from the Disney legends. I hear that Rolly Crump was a real character back in his day. It's a true pleasure, that's for sure. Before we go any further, now is a great time to hear a word from our sponsor. Don't go anywhere, listeners. We'll be back in just a few moments. This part of the program brought to you by Disney Reality. Are you becoming sick of virtual reality? Purchase an interest in the Disney Reality Club, also known as Disney's Best Kept Secret, formerly Disney Vacation Club, and join real life for yourself. Initial investment into the program is only $500,000 and offers you four hours a year in the original Disneyland in the Republic of Southern California. For an extra $100,000, you can add the one corn dog or one churro option. At this rate, it's a steal. Act today for your chance at a vacation of a lifetime. Welcome back, listeners, to Theatre on the Move with Audie Cassell. I'm Audie Cassell. We were discussing the 200th anniversary production of Communicable Weekly the Musical with actors Rick and Ashley and Norman Sklar. Now, let's move on to the villain of the piece. Though we are introduced to our threat earlier in the production, he doesn't really show how evil he is until he gets a chance to sing himself. It's really only when Jeff and George have rallied together and amassed their army to finally confront Michael Eisner that Eisner really gets a chance to shine. It is one of the most wonderfully produced pieces of music ever written. Oh yes, the Eisner song is a personal favorite of mine. We're lucky enough to have Michael Eisner's great-great-great-grandson, Ike Eisner, playing the role for this production. He takes on the persona of his ancestor in such a way that that I've never seen before. It's amazing, this transformation that he does. Ike is such a sweetheart, but he completely turns into his great-great-great-grandfather when on stage. It really is incredible to watch. What is it about this song do you love so much? You know, it, it's really hard to put my finger on it. It, it. it just speaks to me. Well, let's take a listen then, and hear for ourselves as Michael Eisner unfurls his evil plan. Uh, excuse me, sir. It seems that Jeff and George have connected with the five-legged goats, and we're hearing chatter through the comm channels that they're putting together a plan. What do you want us to do? Hmm. Do I seem concerned about those irritating little flies? I'll crush them under my boots. Now listen up. I spit poison from my lips. I spent some time with the Emperor, now there's lightning in my fingertips And when I have my way You'll spend eight hours in a gift shop every day Since 1992 My plan's coming at ya Stand in my way Yeah! 
reports that Jeff and George and a large army of animatronics are amassing outside the Magic Kingdom gate, uh, sir, with battering rams made from parking lot trams. Have no fear, my son, for in the darkest of days, I will rise. Do you know why? Because I trained with the Daleks to defeat Doctor Who, World of Warcraft, I'm level 82, and when I show up for the final party, I bring the teeth of Shere Khan and the brains of Moriarty. So let them bring their armies on, and give me all they got. Now bring me my laser. Every time I hear it, it's it's just a, a groundbreaking standout piece. That guitar solo at the end, it's just magical. Agreed. And the way Ike performs it, it's just amazing. It's like he's channeling his great-great-great-grandfather perfectly. Though I have to admit, my favorite performance of the character is still from the 50th anniversary performance of the show, when Jeff and George made a surprise appearance, appearing as Eisner and Lackey Number 1, for that one show only. Yeah, it was quite hilarious how they both got into their roles. You know, I, I remember it uh, on direct digital brain download as a child, just watching it over and over again and just laughing hysterically. Eisner has always been a formidable villain, always. It's amazing to think that at one point in time, in an alternative timeline, he was able to rule over us. His tyranny really comes across in that song, and I, for one cannot thank Jeff and George enough for what they accomplished in the final battle. And what an epic final battle it was. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the help they had, though. Perhaps I should let one of you two explain. 
Well, aside from going through all the motions of going back in time, making sure they form this amazing alliance and the greatest online show, the Five-Legged Goat was also there to offer Jeff and George sage advice before their final battle. He was able to help them gather their army of animatronics, uh, reprogram them to fight for the users with one of the greatest pieces of advice they could ever receive. He knew there was only one true way to win the final battle. And it's the way we solve most of our conflicts in the universe today with a slow jam. Let's take a listen. Let me spit at you and hit you with a little bit of doubt about the animatronics at Disney. They were never given a backup kill switch like the Lysine contingency. All Jeff and George had to do was find a way to manipulate the program and the animatronics would go hand. They win the final battle with a slow jam. Slow jam. Slow jam. Absolutely breathtaking. You know, it's really hard not to be inspired after hearing that song. On that note, it's time to take another brief break. But stay tuned as we have a special treat for you coming up. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsor. This part of the program is brought to you by Big Dick's Wave Machines. Have you ever wanted to hang loose but there aren't any waves in sight? Fret no more, listeners. With Big Dick's Wave Machines, you can surf anytime, anywhere. Available now from Nunes Incorporated. Big Dick's Wave Machines may cause eroding of the shore, closure of the beaches, and resentment among other company vice presidents. Use at your own caution. Now, listeners, before we head into the final part of the show, we have a special treat for you tonight. Because it is the 200th anniversary of Communical Weekly the Musical, I'm sure most of you know what that means. Yeah, I have been waiting for this. 200 years ago, Jeff and George recorded a virtual audio time capsule for the universe to hear. They asked that it be opened 200 years after the fact. It's been tucked away in the archives for this entire time with an unbreakable time lock and an unbreakable time seal. And today is the day that the seal has opened. You listeners are the very first to hear this 200-year-old recording. They had exactly 30 seconds to say everything they wanted to say. 
This is quite exciting. I know people have been waiting years, 200 of them to be exact, but years to hear what the wonderful wisdom that Dua has sealed inside the capsule this entire time. Well, despite it being only 30 seconds, I'm sure it's something amazingly profound. Well, we are about to find out. As soon as I press this button, we'll hear what they have to say. Are you ready? <laughs> yes, yes! Press the button! Here we go! Hello? Is, is this thing on? The, the red light isn't blinking. It is it supposed to be blinking? The instructions said it would. Instructions? What instructions? Th there were instructions? I didn't say any instructions. Uh, yeah, I emailed them to you. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Oh, it's blinking. It's on. Hi. Hello there. Th this is Jeff and George coming to you live from the past. Well, well, not so live anymore. <laughs> I bet we're dead now. Yeah, we're, we're probably dead now. But if we somehow figured out the secret to eternal life, hello, future us. I hope we're still awesome. Well, what did you want to say to everyone? Oh, Right, I actually, I, I didn't think about that. You didn't think about what to say before you hit record? Well, you, you were pressuring me. Because it's important that you got it right. Well, if you didn't put so much pressure on me, it would have had more time to think. D don't blame this on me. Well, stop arguing, we only have ten seconds left. Uh, oh no, quick, say say something profound. Um, uh, if you're listening to this in the future... Eight seconds. Th then you really have to know something Six important. Six seconds. Um, no matter what Five anybody seconds. else says... Hurry so I can say something too! Animal Kingdom is a full day park. Really? You wasted our 30 seconds on- Wow. After all these years, we've waited to hear what they had to say. And it's still just as relevant today. Of course, I believe Jeff would be happy to know that Disney's Animal Kingdom planet is now considered its own vacation destination, thanks to his noble efforts of championing the original park. <laughs> I love that place. And now we have come to the end of the conflict. The battle for the Magic Kingdom where Jeff and George rode into battle on the back of the five-legged goat and charged towards Eisen's secret base in Splash Mountain. Yes, they fought bravely to end his plan once and for all, to save all of the universe, and to alter the time stream. It truly is a tale as old as time itself. No one truly knows how many animatronic lives were lost that day, but we do know that they all fought down to their last tiny little gear so they can help Jeff and George. I believe this final song is really the greatest battle cry ever created. It, it rallied their troops and sets them up for a great victory. The way that Jeff and George addressed the crowd of the amassed Imagineers and animatronics in the very beginning of the song, uniting them in this time that looked really bleak, it's just unbelievable. I mean, they even got the Yeti to work and join them. It's just incredible. I especially like when they turn to face Eisner in the second verse to confront his plans head on and the surrounding army they have amassed join them in their battle cry. But truly, the crescendo is the final battle itself. Their efforts were commemorated in the final epic song of the piece, the battle for the Magic Kingdom. Let's listen.
I'm a librarian. Let me see if I can translate. Everybody stand back. George is going to sing. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that works. That's it. That's it. You try it. Together! Together. 
of the show. It's just so powerful. You know, it's really a true testament of George and Jeff's characters that despite all the evil that he's done, they still allow Eisner a chance of redemption even when they confront him at the end of the battle. They try, and ultimately he walks away from the conflict knowing he cannot win and goes off to fight whatever new battles come his way. But in a way, he makes a sort of an ally out of Jeff and George. Well, after all of this, I for one am very excited about this production. Between this and the film, I just can't wait to see this story come alive again on stage and screen. I think I speak for Norman and myself when I say we're both honored and privileged to be a part of this production. It's such a huge honor to be chosen for these iconic roles and to bring them to life in such a wonderful manner. Rix and Ashley and Norman Sklar, it was a pleasure to have you both on the show today. You both were a joy and it was wonderful to speak with you. It was a pleasure to be here. Yes, thank you for having us. Any last words you'd like to impart on our audience? If you can make it out to this production, you definitely should. Do not hesitate. This is going to be the grandest of the grand. The biggest of the big. The most spectacular of the spectacular. Treat yourself and come see the show. You won't regret it. Rickson, Norman, again, I can't thank you enough for sharing this with us today. You've both been wonderful. And for you listening, thank you so much for tuning in to Theatre on the Move with Audie Cassell. I'm Audie Cassell. Thank you and good night. Are we back? Did you get it to record again? I think so. The light is red, so it must be working. Full day park. Unbelievable. That was your grand message to the world? Come on, man. What else could I say? I mean, what would you have said? Uh, I don't know. I mean, who will give a crap about what we have to say 200 years from now anyway? Yeah, what a bunch of nerds. Hey, how are we going to get this to the future anyway? Well, I assume the same way we always will use time travel. Bloop.